This is How to Be a Mortgage Broker, where we investigate the mortgage topics you need to accelerate your business and become an expert in this dynamic industry. Hello, and welcome to episode one, how to know if being a mortgage broker is right for you. I'm Jamie Yushko. And I'm Jen Marks. And so Jamie and I decided that we should dive into the traits that you need to be a successful mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of the things will transfer over from, you know, your life that you have and all these skills that you already have, but you never know how they're going to you know, serve you in this, in this environment. Yeah, exactly. So I think having a real good heart to heart with yourself and thinking about what qualities you have that can help you succeed in this industry or, or qualities that you might need to learn or lean into a bit more. Um, so Jen did a survey of top mortgage brokers in the industry right now to find out what they think are the most important qualities that you need in order to make it in this business. So Jen, what did, what did you find? Well, it was interesting because everybody has an opinion, right? Because they've all had an experience with, uh, with the bank or a broker or have been one for many years. And so what we did is we just pulled out, you know, a couple of, of strong qualities that you should absolutely have if you're considering doing this as a career and resounding the one that that came out at the top was confidence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, and I mean, you don't want blind confidence because, you know, you can you can come across as too much and, and be off putting if you don't know what you're talking about. But it is really important that you know your stuff and that you can portray it confidently because mm -hmm. you're going to run into all these personalities that are going to try and bulldoze you or tell it like it is or you'll do a mortgage for example for someone who got a mortgage 20 years ago and they think they know it mm -hmm. you know inside and out and they they just don't even know how much it's changed so confidence is a huge thing um anyone who's listening who struggles with that i mean you're definitely going to want to want to work on that because you are your business right and and i think if uh if you can come back across confidently that's that's a definitely a good trait to have and yeah. it's essential. And it probably helps too in the beginning and the early stages when you might be getting, um, you know, not, you're not always going to be getting yeses from people. Right. So if you're confident and you know that, you know, that's okay and you're going to move on to the next person or the next realtor, um, you know, and show them what you've got, you, you, you do need a little bit of confidence and resilience, I guess. Um, goes hand in hand with confidence because you've got to not just be confident sometimes, but all the time, even when things aren't always going your way, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's a good tip too, to, to be able to, to move on or just express yourself properly to a client and, and just, you know, nicely stand your ground. You can do it. You can do it nicely, but you need certain things mm -hmm. and you just got to stick with it and they're going to try and talk you out of it. A lot of people will and, and just stick with, you know, what you know. And, um, it's definitely, it, it is definitely something that you need. I mean, and then that kind of leads into the, to the next one we were talking about was communication mm -hmm. too. So that was the number two. Um, was communicating. And I mean, you've done a, like quite a few files already. So how have you found it? Uh, how do you use and draw on it daily? Oh, yeah, communication is so important. And 
it's not good enough to just say, I'm a good communicator. You need to define what that means to you and make it clear to your clients and to your realtor partners and everyone who you work with, what that means so that they know what to expect from you. And I think having that clarity from the beginning sets that expectation and it helps you be more accountable for what you've promised and, and, and don't promise what you can't promise. So if you know that you're going to be able to touch base with a client every day, you let them know at the beginning of the process, I'm going to be here for you every day. I'm going to check in. Do you prefer uh, text, email, or phone calls? And just being very clear about that from the beginning, it helps the process for, along because it's it's stressful. And if clients or realtors are feeling like they need to call you, then then you're not communicating very well because a good in a good relationship with somebody that you're working with, they know oh, Jamie's going to call me before five o'clock today because she does every day. And that's what she said that she would do. So then, and of course, there's, you know, communicating through the systems and processes that you have in place. So and making sure that everything is happening at the same time for everybody throughout different parts of the process, which it's, it takes a little bit to, for me anyways, getting started, getting all of that organized in my mind um, and and having it organized so it's a little bit more seamless. Um, I don't know, you, you've taught me a lot about that part of it and helped, you know, helped me along on making that process a bit easier. Well, it, it's interesting because you think you would, it would be easier, but there's so many channels um, that you have to prioritize, honestly, because you'll have things coming at you through email, through lender portals, through texts, and uh, things come at you nonstop all day once you're actually doing the job. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, methods are, are huge and processes. And this is this is how we always communicate a pre-approval, things like that. You have to just get, get mm -hmm. find out what works with you and send it out. And I, I think my business it honestly became so much easier once I had the same system for everything. And once you do that, then you can look and go, oh, did I send that out? Did I send that email out? Because there's the various stages that you you talk to your clients and you guide them through this. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would say just a system, a repetitive system that is, you, you can always improve it, but it's, it's essential. Yeah. It, it really is. And sort of making it like the the McDonald's uh, scenario where you're, you're hoping that every client is going to get the same experience. You're every realtor partner, every, you know, lawyer partner that you have, you want them to all to come, come away with having the same experience at so the same level of communication. And, and that's what you're saying about your processes being in place. So each client of yours, we know we could go back and they're getting, you know, letters at certain times, text messages at certain times, emails and yep. so on um, as they go through the process. And that kind of goes into the next thing too, which um, a lot of people brought up in the survey, which was empathy and authenticity. So you're doing these regular emails, this regular communication, but you also be able, need to be able to communicate, you know, sometimes not so good news to people. Um, mm -hmm. And you need to be honest, you know, and upfront with people. Um you know, and authentic with what you can actually provide for them. What What do you think about? Well, the best comment I think I have on that is I was uh, last weekend, actually, I was um, having coffee with a colleague and, and it was interesting. He's going to be a future guest, but we were talking about empathy and, um, and, and he said, you know what, it, it is important 
for sure to be empathetic to mm-hmm. someone's situation, but also you can't take it home. Like you, you didn't get them into this position. It, it's unfortunate. It's sad. You're part of the solution. But a lot of times, if mm-hmm. you're ever dealing with clients, they can be very angry at their situation. You know, maybe they're going through an awful divorce. Maybe mm-hmm. they had a bankruptcy that they, you know, no one plans on it, but they didn't plan on having it and they're extremely stressed. So it's important to be empathetic for sure Mm -hmm. but you're part of the solution and you can't take it home so you have to have that ability to just not take it on you know see it for what it is um be warm be understanding Mm -hmm. but also be confident and firm in your response and that you're part of the solution and if they're you know going to get angry at Mm -hmm. you or treat you poorly you just have to move on because that happens as well so definitely empathy but you know, you have to protect yourself too. And, and it's sometimes you, you get people in really poor, poor situations. So just always remember that, that, that always comes back to me too, is that, um, and once they know that you're part of the solution in all honesty, they do warm up to you, you know, and you can just remind them of that, you know, you're here to help. Yeah, for sure. And I think when people, if you can communicate that, you know, you're like you were saying that you're part of the solution, but I think being able to understand where they're coming from, like, um, you know, oh, I don't understand why I need to give all of these documents and why I have to do this and why I have to do that. And if you can flip that around in a way, so, I mean, there's two ways you could go come back for that. You could be defensive and say, well, the lender's loaning you this much money. Of course they need this documentation. I mean, that's the bare minimum. Or you could turn around and say, oh gosh, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's quite a lot. Um, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get this stuff from you right up front because the lenders will need it eventually. And I'm just going to try to make it easier for you down the road. So we don't need to go back and, and be, you know, flipping around, looking for different things. We're going to get that all done straight away, get that inconvenience out of the way. And, uh, you know, definitely then we're, we're on to the next step. So you can kind of use those difficult situations, you know, to, to your advantage, right. To, to let them know that you understand that it's that it's a lot or whatever it is that they're going through, um, you know. And with the housing prices this year, it's been really hard on people too because not only have people been hit with you know loss of jobs or hours and that kind of thing, but the cost of housing's gone up. So they're finding that it's hard to find things in their price range, and yeah, so it's it's been all sorts of that. So you need to, like you said, learn how to be have empathy, but be able to move on and be firm at the same time. Definitely. And a lot of people just want to be heard, right? They want to, they want you to go, yeah, I hear you. It kind of sucks right now. It's hard right now, but I'm going to help you out. So, I mean, uh, just having an open ear and be having the patience and and willingness to really hear them. Cause I think, I mean, a lot of brokers are extroverts and we're putting a lot of energy out there, but to sit Mm -hmm. back and just listen, it's huge. And, and -hmm. they'll appreciate that all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the the other one we were going to talk about, not next, but it seems fitting to jump to it now, is the react and adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, because situations can change. You know, you can be talking with somebody and everything's good. They've got their pre-approval and then... Yeah. I mean, we plan for it, right? We plan for a smooth process, but things happen and you got to, you know, eight o'clock at night, whip up on your laptop, change the appraisal to do what you need to do, right? Get things done, Mm -hmm. find a new lawyer. You really have to just be able to think on your feet, react and, Mm -hmm. and adapt to the situation because it's all on you. I mean, this person is trusting you with their future. It's, it's a huge Mm -hmm. responsibility that you're taking on. Um, that's important too. I mean, you can't just, 
you know, fluff it off and I've lost sleep on some files, whether I should have or not, I don't know, but <laughs> you know, you do, you, you it, it's personal. You'll wake up thinking about these people and, and you want to make mm-hmm. this happen for them. So, uh, it's, it's so important to not be set in your method to set in your methods or ways. Cause you're yeah. just going to have to switch it up sometimes or, or to know when to pull the plug, right? Cause you'll be waiting on a lender for a long time. And then you just kind of get that feeling. Okay. Like you don't want to send it out to multiple lenders because you don't want to clog up the pipelines, but this lender is not coming back to you. They're not showing any love and, and you know, another one who might be able to do it, then you fire it over that way. So that's, yep. that's one case in point where, I, where I've had to do it. You know, you just kind of give the countdown and nope, this isn't going to happen. Okay, let's go. We're going this way and we're going to have to get a different appraisal or a market rents letter or, you know, you name it. Yeah. Yeah, or redo the application. Maybe we're, we need a cosigner. Maybe you know, there's all sorts of different th- like options, but you have to keep your your mind open and be able to react calmly in those situations, so the client you know feels like you've got it under control, and then you can make the changes that need to be done, and hopefully things are gonna things are gonna turn out at the end of the day. So it's a- that goes part and parcel too with like. Well, you've got the next one. Well, it's kind of funny. So I, I actually just want to comment on that because when you're talking about reacting and adapting, like think about how much work you've put into your file so far and you, you almost think, well, does, does the client know how much they're on my mind? Do the, you know, mm-hmm. do they really know how much behind the scenes and, and work you're doing? Cause it is a, it is a really detailed job. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it too, right? It's like with any of these types of jobs, you, you know, you're, you're going to do all this, a lot of it's going to be thankless, but that's, you know, for a very good reason, because that's why we get paid to take that stress off of the client's <laughs> mind. So they don't have to, you know, it'd be really nice to call them up at the end of the night and be like, oh, you know what, I did this, I did this, I did this. And then this person said no, and I actually had to get another appraisal and like the whole deal fell apart, but I sent it to a different yeah. lender. And, you know, <laughs> it's the last thing you so want to do. And I've lost sleep on it. And right I took now. my kids to McDonald's because I couldn't cook yeah. for them. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So back on track. Yeah. Sorry, I, I kind of digressed there. But um, so the next one I know that we were we were going to mention, um, which is super important and something you do really, really, really well as a broker Thanks. is resourcefulness and research. Ah, because, yes. yeah, like it, it, I love that mentoring you, you always went out and found the answer yourself first, if you can. Ugh. And I mean, if you could tell all the new people out there how many lender manuals you're going to be reviewing, how many, like, how much you read in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like, how many pages is that TD manual? I know our team. (laughs) Well, thanks for saying that. I I do really love the research part of this job. And I do happen to know that the TD broker information kit is 120 some pages. So it's a, yeah, it's a ton of reading. It's a lot of research. You have to love that part of it. You have to be resourceful. I love that part of it, but I'm lucky because I have you and you give me so much direction to go in. So I'm not just like swimming in a sea of broker information kids. I kind of have, I have you to give me guidance on or straight up just told me where to go. But, um, (laughs) but, but yeah, yeah, I've done that. I'd say try here, here and here, but you still have to go in and go, okay, what does this lender need? What, you know, what forms do I have to fill out? And, and it, it is, it is a research, almost like a research It is totally like a research (laughs) position. That's what I, that's what I love about this job because yeah, you're exactly right. And then there's, and then there's still going to be a few within those ones. Uh, like let's say you find a few lenders that will do 
what you're looking for that have that 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 special ability, and then you're going to be looking still researching the rates and finding out what kind of documentation they're going to need, credit score, all that kind of thing. What the minimum down payment is going to be, and it could it could vary from from lender to lender. And then you know, being resourceful and you know talking to the BDMs or talking to other people on your team, like oh, have you worked mm-hmm. with this lender? How long was the turnaround time? Because you know we've this is a tight deadline, so. You know, yeah. of these two, which one would be quicker? And yeah, it's super fun, the research side of it. And you do a little bit of research. Um, you're a little bit of a detective, too, with the clients, right? You're you're sussing out, you know, their employment, what their income is, what what you're going to kind of need from them based on their – based on what they say, right? Oh, okay, you've, you've been getting some extra money. Let's, let's look at two years and maybe we can average it out. It'll be – We'll get a little bit more out of your income that way. Um, so yeah, just things like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. What, what are some other ways like that you can think of? Because you're super resourceful. I can't <laughs> think of anything, any problem that you haven't been able to solve yet. Honestly. Uh, that's hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just think, I, I mean, I've been doing it for so long. So yeah, the nuts and bolts of it are pretty easy. But I'm, I honestly just go in... Um, I mean, one of the key things I do is, is go in and just read all the lenders, um, guidelines. Not that I'm that lame. I mean, I don't do it on a Saturday night, but <laughs> you know, you, you do get to know them individually. And mm-hmm. I find, you know, th- they're great at updating emails. So you have to read those emails, even though like you'll, you'll be getting hundreds in your yeah. inbox. Like that's another thing you're, you're just inundated with info. Um, so to sort through it is important, but it really is because. I mean, when it comes down to it, when it gets really busy, you know, you'll say, oh, someone might think I could just call the lender and ask them if it works. Well, the lender BDMs get so busy and they might not get back to you for half a day. And in the meantime, you have to submit it, right? You have to And you want to save, you want to save those. I I don't know. This is what I kind of think about it. Yeah. I want to try to figure out as much as I can from everyone else before I get there I, I'm, big time yeah i'm hoping I, that i, I have agree. those kinds of yeah so then when the bdm or i talk to you know the the manager or the, the the business development manager for that lender i want them to know like oh jamie's calling like she's got a file she's submitting and she has a legitimate question about something about how she's gonna construct you know yes put it yes, in and make it easier for the underwriter that's huge jamie because honestly that that's who i pay attention to is the people who rarely call me it's not that it's everyone but you know when 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 you're called often about silly little things that are easy Mm -hmm. to find it's it's difficult to put in that you know emphasis and effort whenever they do call for a real file so i'm i'm in your in your court for that too because i'll always try and just figure it out on your own so um, when you call, they answer your phone because I've had, I've had brokers say that, oh, so-and-so never answers their phone. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, they answer it for me. So <laughs> maybe yes. I'm doing something right because yeah, like you, you want to come with substance or multiple questions at one time. Like don't just call for this or that. It's, it's like whenever, so when we were first starting mentoring, mm-hmm. remember? And I said, mm-hmm. compile your questions into one email or one phone conversation. And we talked like probably for weeks every day on my drive home because yep. it was like, okay, what questions did you have today? And then you would call me. And then we, you know, hammer it out in the 20 minutes it took me to drive home. And it was fantastic. So to be concise, uh, when you do get someone with a lot of knowledge on the phone, don't just ask one little thing, you know, um, definitely as you're, as you're accumulating all this knowledge, um, you know, 
ask a, a bunch at the same time. And then also another point that I would make too mm-hmm. is just start your own, your own. And again, this has to do with your process, but start your own either bind. I have a binder. I have like a really old fashioned way that I, I learned from Tara. Um, yeah. It was a binder for, and for each divider, I have each lender in there. And so I'm constantly writing down notes. So it's kind of like my Bible, my lender mm-hmm. Bible, but it's super quick. I could just flip to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't love reading you know on on the computer all day. yeah so I, I, I wouldn't like it if it was a word document or this or that like I like just flipping okay there's my writing that's that so all the key points from the lenders that I find I use often and sometimes don't remember like rental offsets and that it, it's in a binder which is is really important and that yeah that's a kind of leads into the next point hey <laughs> yeah the yeah, which one sure. the the organization yeah I think we have yeah. to hit the hit the point home with that because that was a resounding popular response hey uh, it's so true and it it really is a whole different level of organization if you're going to be successful in this job like and i mean organizing not just the files that you have how you you know temp your templates how you communicate everything has to be organized but it but it's more than that too you've got to organize your day you're self-employed now you're not working for anyone there's no one over your shoulder saying like, ah, get to it. Like you've got to do this, this, and this today. That's up to you. So if you can be organized about what you're going to do at different time points of the day, who you're going to call, what you're going to accomplish. Um, I think that's so, so important on top of just keeping everything straight. Yep. hundred percent. You're, you're absolutely right. I think that, um, organizing, if you can organize your world that's not involved in the business too, mm. it helps you with the business. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, simple things, you know, shopping for the week, um, getting pick up and drop off figured out, things like that that you don't have to think about because when you said you're self-employed, I don't know if people, you know, starting this business realize you never get to put the closed sign up. You never get no. to walk away. I've, I've been in Mexico at an all-inclusive resort and I was, you know, working from, you know, eight in the morning till noon. And then I would go down to the pool and have fun with my kids and my family. Yeah. And it's just because that was the bare minimum was the four hours I had to put in in the day just to, you know, keep my files afloat. And I even had some people helping me. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one, one experience that I've had personally, but you, you're always on. So just be prepared to, to run your own ship. You're running your own yep. company. It's massive. Yep. No, absolutely. And the file thing too. I mean, you're going to have people sometimes sending you files, you know, by text message by accident, um, or a PDFs one page at a time. Um, JPEGs. I've, I've even had like, yeah, JPEGs and they've sent one, one JPEG part of it. It's a little bit to the computer skills too. Like you're going to learn, um, how to organize yourself, how to organize your computer and, and get those computer skills, uh, nailed down because you're going to be using something to open up these files. Like I know Jen and I use Adobe. Um, but there's a few other ones that a lot of different people use on our team. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, organizing that kind of thing, your file naming, whatever platform that you're using to submit your files, if it's velocity or Philogics, um, or expert, whatever, you choose mm-hmm. to do that's going to be a bit of a learn a learn curve yeah thanks finmo too mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah yeah and it's it, it is you're you're basically 
sunk before you even start if your computer skills aren't strong. Cause, cause even if someone were coming along and saying, Oh, they're not that strong. I mean, luckily it's in our day to day life too. So most people have a pretty good grasp on it, but it can be, it can take a long time if you're struggling with certain things, you know? And, um, so yeah, if you can become proficient, just like, you know, if you're waiting, for, if people are listening right now and they've passed the test and they're waiting for their license, just start doing some YouTube. Adobe tips and tricks, you know, cause you, you use that nonstop all day. Cause I even use it for signing. Right. So yeah. And Excel yeah. too. Like there's so many, mm-hmm. um, little Excel YouTubers and TikTokers that help you, uh, the do that. Cause it, yeah. 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 Cause in the beginning, if you don't have a CRM yet and you're not sure you're, you're still like investigating what you're going to do, Excel is a good, you know, you got to track it somehow. And Excel is the most basic free way to, to do that in the beginning. So yeah, just those kinds of things too. Once you've chosen your brokerage and you've signed all your paperwork, um, to get all that stuff processed. So you don't want to delay in that part of it if you're looking to get going right away. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's, there's the delay of, of people interviewing their brokerages and signing up. And then there's the added delay of once you do your paperwork, it gets sent to the broker, to, brokerage to be processed. And then there's the governing body of your province that needs to approve it and get your, get your actual license. And then you can get going. So you have various stages for sure. And, um, I mean, it's exciting that a lot of people have changed careers during COVID, but it's mm-hmm. definitely clogged the pipes in a lot of industries. Um, and ours is one of them. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There's like, there's so many, and you can see why, right? It, there's so many benefits to this career. Like you can work from home if you choose, you can work in an office if that's better for you. The thing that I really like about it is that in in previous jobs that I've had, you know, I'm always paid the same rate, the same time everything's the same. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter how much effort I put in. And I love that with this job, you, you get back what you put in. You have you have some freedom. That's what I'm trying to say. You've got some freedom with your day, how you structure your day. Like I know, Jen, when you started this, you were a new mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was definitely a part time thing in the beginning, and I had you know a three year old and a six year old, so it was something that I, I took on on the side. But I, I really love that you said that you get what effort you put in because that, that really is the true entrepreneurial spirit. And that, that's what I had. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. if, if someone's going to pay me to be away from my boys, who I love more than anything in the world, it better be mm-hmm. good, you know? And yeah. I also had that background. So I was, I was really lucky that I, I, you know, I came from a bank and I thought, okay, well, I could put this to use. And, and you really got to figure out your why. So it's great if you have that entrepreneurial drive. It, it's, you know, some have it, some don't, you know, some mm-hmm. just are, you know, definitely salaried people. Others are, well, you know, I, I really want to put more effort in and then you get compensated accordingly. Um, so if you have that, that drive, it's fantastic, but you have to figure out why, cause that'll fizzle too. You know, if you're, oh, yeah. if your whole, um, MO is just to make money that that's not going to last, you know, if it's, if it's to help out people, if it's freedom, if it's this, that, and the other, then, then it's something that'll just keep you going on and on and on. Cause I'm over a decade in doing this. Right. And so, <laughs> so that's another reason why I'm really excited to do the podcast. Cause it is something different, you know, to talk mm-hmm. about and share, but um, you know, in the beginning you kind of get in there for compensation for, for being 
taken away from your loved ones because I would just love to be with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a the satisfaction of, of the job, which is fantastic. And that's also great at, at giving you feedback. Like when you come home and you've done a really hard deal and you got it done and someone else couldn't do it or the client had yeah. given up, like there's, there's nothing better than that. It's awesome. It's, it's really rewarding. It can be so, sure. so rewarding for sure. Yeah. I know. There's, I know. Yeah. Like when they're crying and they're so happy you got yeah. it done, it, it's, it's unbelievable. So that, that reward is, is so huge. Um, yeah. but you have to really, yeah, like, like take it, take a deep look at, like, for those people who are looking, getting into it is, is like, what's your reason why, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it yeah, always because... usually starts with money, but it, it's gotta be something <laughs> different, right? It's gotta yeah. Be and, it, and there could be some serious challenges, you know, financially to this career as well. Like, of course, there are so many people that are very successful and they make plenty enough to support themselves and their family and much beyond that. Um, but there's no doubt that there's a, a large amount of agents who aren't that successful that have that really struggle, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the struggle is real because you're not nobody's paying you unless you're, you know, with somebody you have a partner in crime <laughs> in life who, you know, has a has a a regular salary coming in that can help cover your expenses or maybe you're, you know, living at home or rent free or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that, that takes a a little bit of the pressure off a little bit, but you definitely have to budget and be prepared for the fact that even if, you know, you get your license, you get signed up and you're officially a broker or a mortgage agent rather, and you, uh, you sign up your first client on your first day, and they start shopping for a house and, you know, and they buy a house within a couple of weeks and then that's going to close in a month and a half. You know, you're still, that's your first paycheck coming in at two months from the date that you started. And that's if you, that's if you get somebody right away. So, and it's important to know we're not paid mm-hmm. like realtors. We don't get paid mm-hmm. on the day it closes because yeah, the money has to all go through your brokerage. So everyone out there, you can never take commissions directly from a client. That is a huge no-no. And so as it flows through, then there's the payroll and it takes time, right? Because the, yeah, the does. lender doesn't send it right away. They send it usually, usually weekly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Have you, I've noticed that too now with different lenders, you know, they're coming in a month after closing some of them. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it shouldn't be that long. Your, your volume bonus, <laughs> your volume bonus wait, can wait, easily wait, come why? in a month. <laughs> yeah. What's going Maybe on, Maybe it's because I didn't submit compliance. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that is, Might that's why fault. you're getting paid late, my dear. Yeah. I um, had <laughs> failure to submit compliance issues in, in the beginning, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fast that now. But yeah, so like there, there are challenges and I'm just trying to kind of weigh level out the pros obviously with uh, this job with with some of the cons so that if somebody's out there and they're kind of considering it you're you're going to think through all of this stuff first and just know that and i think most people if you're even listening to this podcast you're you're doing that research um in advance mm-hmm. and you probably are going to do better than most people anyways who haven't even gone to the trouble of discovering whether or not this is going to work for them first um i think but there's something so much- to that yeah, it's so much easier to overcome an obstacle that you're prepared for, you know, so yeah. case in point with you, you quit your job, like it was, I'm so proud of you, you quit your day <laughs> job. And you, but you had to prepare for that, you know, I you, did, and, yeah. you and your hubby like sat down, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to cut back? What have we got in savings? What's our cushion? What's our goals? And, um, you know, if you just ah, say, yes. okay, I'm going to be a broker and quit. <laughs> I know. So yeah, that could be our nugget for this week. Yes, but, I love it. I love it. Plan, plan, so- plan. 
Yeah, because you need to get your finances in order before you do anything. Like the, you can be working right up until the point that you write your exam. Like take an afternoon off, take a vacation day, go write your exam. You can study in the evenings. That's fine. Don't quit your job after you write the exam. Don't even quit it after you get the result back that you've passed because you still need to um submit everything in yeah Yeah. it takes it took i think six weeks from Mm -hmm. the time that i got my exam results and i'm and i chose a brokerage within a week yeah and and that's a process so you had to kind of work undercover for a while (laughs) she was yeah yeah i remember you you were like i still got my day job and then you got to do like the moonwalk out of the office once you finally quit (laughs) once you were licensed and it was so awesome because you can't do any brokerage activity brokering activity during that time while you're waiting for your license you cannot post anything you cannot start your facebook page you cannot do anything until you have that license Um, yeah you can attend your webinars and be a part of your team and start Mm -hmm. reading stuff if you're you know if your team if your mentorship or your broker you know gives you the stuff i know you i know you and i were talking through that whole six week period like probably we we have a list remember i well actually you might have triggered the list because i think there were a lot of people who were ready to go and we just didn't know but now we have a list that we can send people just um to say hey this is what you can do now Mm -hmm. that your license is in process but you can't launch any of it like you can work on your facebook page but you just can't publish it that's one example um so so yeah there is some things you can do kind of incognito but nothing nothing out there nothing public you can just basically prepare Mm -hmm. for it but i love that you you got your house in order because another thing we did too is you know you can refinance you can buy that car you need uh to go see clients you can get everything done before you quit your job because you know once you're self-employed you need yep. a couple of years under the belt to to get a mortgage. So if you need, exactly. if you want to refinance your home, if you want to get that new roof or whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. um, that is a great golden nugget for for this podcast is, yeah, is get your is. home in order, get your affairs in order. For sure. Yeah. And um, I think another piece of advice that I've heard before, too, is um, that goes along with the refinancing and stuff is, you know, if if you it's good to have at least six months of uh, expenses saved up. So whatever your contribution to your household um, monthly needs is budgetary wise, make sure you have six months of that set aside. Um, You're going to need at least that because it's not free being in this job too. I mean, you can do it on the cheap for sure. Like I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people are just, you know, doing lots of social media stuff. They're calling friends and family. They're making connections with people that way mm-hmm. or like buying a lunch here or there for somebody and that kind of thing. But I mean, if you're going to do any, and I wouldn't suggest doing any like heavy advertising and we'll talk about that too um, in the beginning, especially because it's going to be expensive. Um, but yeah, you've got to have your expenses set aside, do your refinance of your house, maybe get some lines of credit them because you, as everyone knows, it's when you, when you need money, that's when it's hard to get money. And when you don't need it, that's when they're giving it out. So if you're getting any offers like that mm-hmm. for the free, I don't know. That's what I would say. I know I've got uh, my husband and I, we've got our lines of credit. They're at zero, but they're there in case we need them. Because if something were to happen now and we needed them, I wouldn't be able to get one probably being new in this job. So um, yeah, yeah, you want to cover all your bases there. 
with your finances. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I think that's great to, to end on, um, just to, to get things in order. And I mean, hopefully we provided a little bit of a glimpse into what you're, what you need to, to do well in this job. It's a great job, but there are certain skills that just help, help it become so much easier for sure. Mm -hmm. If you've got four or five of these skills naturally, then you're laughing. And if you don't, then that's okay too. Just, you know, cause all of these things you can, you can learn and and work on yourself, just know that it's a big part of it. Yeah, exactly. And if we still have not scared you away, good thing is that we're going to dive into the application process on our next episode. Yes. So next week, we're going to go over the exam, getting licensed and interviewing brokerages and what to expect during the next part of the process. So hopefully we'll see you then next week. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you for listening to How to Be a Mortgage Broker podcast. If you have suggestions for upcoming episodes or would like to be featured on the show, please email jamie at mortgagesbyjamie.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at mortgagesbyjamie.com. You can find me, Jamie, on the daily brokering out of Kamloops, BC. Jen Marks is based out of Vancouver Island, where her career is thriving as she's raising her family, enjoying the beauty of the nature that surrounds her there. If you like the podcast, please click subscribe and rate us on Apple or iTunes.